0: All right, let's uh, get into this shit then. (laughs) So I'll just kick it off. We've passed the seven-minute mark, so it looks like my internet won't kick out, which is great. Huzzah! Yeah. So you may remember last summer, at the end of summer, Brian and I did our little uh, little, uh, little party, our little, uh, what's it called? End of summer mix. And it was a really good mix uh, to refresh everyone's memory. I listen to this mix all the time uh my songs were uh by serengeti still one of the best rap tunes ever
1: i listen to that song all the time and i just can't help but laugh because i'm just like it's just like a guy who's like disconnected having a freaking like seizure he's just like onions great pop gotta go get some this that like it's It's the of
0: what your average schlub does in the summer yeah and it's perfect because we're turning into our average, shl- we're getting into our average schlub days here, Brian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also had "Castaway" by Blues Traveler with Rome and the Dirty Heads yep. and Alive Again, the jazz epic from Mr. Trey Anastasio. Brian had Day Drinking by Little Big Town. I've come around on that song. I wasn't <laughs> feeling it that much the first time we did, but I definitely come around on it. Uh, ooh, First Aid Kit's hunting cover of The Boys of Summer. Good for a campfire which we can't have up here in uh, Northern Ontario. We finally got some rain today, but all those wildfires. We're in uh, fire ban. And, uh, oh, an absolute gem from Bryce Vine, Sour Patch Kids. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. But uh, we're doing it again. This time, we've upped the ante. No three-track business. No, <laughs> We're doing five tracks apiece. So strap in. It's going to be a long one, but it's going to make your summer This is the official Canada FM summer (laughs) mixtape. Cue a bunch of dramatic music right here. All right. Actually, cue a little Serengeti right here, shall we? (laughs) There we go. Because believe me, you just add last year's mixtape to this year's. And we'll keep going year after year and year and make it really, really good. You want to start or should
1: I? I'll start.
0: All Um, right, which one are you starting with?
1: Well, just because it's namesake makes sense. I'm going to start off with Ballyhoo's mixtape.
0: Okay. Now, a little trivia about us. We almost saw Ballyhoo, but we were trying to commute from Windsor, Ontario to um, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we just missed them. We almost missed uh, Real Big Fish in their entirety. Or is it less than Jay? Who went on first?
1: No, we got. I think we walked in right at the start of Real Big Fish. We didn't miss them at all. Hmm. I, knew, all right. I knew we were a little late, which is rare for us. You and I are usually right there. We go. We stand in line like a bunch of putzes. We, uh, we, go, we scope out the merch table. And then uh, we wait patiently.
0: I believe the reason we were late is because you and me, I, was it you and me? Somebody had to take a massive dump, <laughs> yeah. so Pool had to go pull over so they could get a massive dump. I think Poole really wanted to eat something too, so he ate. Someone took a dump, and then we went. <laughs> yeah, um, and that, that obviously it didn't hold us up all the way. We we still would have been late, but. It was still a great show, but we missed them. And uh, I've become quite the fan of Ballyhoo over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, they're very. Uh, tell they're
0: me very what good. led you to uh, this inclusion.
1: Oh, I've just been, uh, I was just scoping out like just my, some other people's like summer playlists and just uh, ska, ska playlists and this and that. And then that just happened to pop on it. And I was like, ooh, this is, this fits into young Brian perfectly. Cause whenever I think of, well, ska music in general makes me think about the summertime and being young. And uh, we made a lot of mixes in our day.
0: Oh, did we ever? I remember my super tapes.
1: Yeah, I was just. Or
0: was it Ted Tunes? Oh, or was it Teddy Tunes? Ted Tunes, yeah. Ted Tunes? Ted Tunes was good. Ted Tunes got me through several summers. <laughs> uh, why this song in particular? Mixtape.
1: Like I said, brought me in touch with my youth. But also, I mean, you could really put any Valley Who song on there because they're all pretty summertime mm-hmm. vibes. So, I mean, I just went with the name. Some of these are very name based. <laughs> oh.
0: For Ballyhoo, other stuff, I recommend a "Social Drinker." That's a very relatable song about getting drinking way too much when you're like well into your thirties, and you're supposed to be an adult. And uh, what's the other one? Oh, come on! Ah, it'll come to me. Shit, I had it earlier. There's another really, really good Ballyhoo one. Oh, dark sunglasses—that's the one. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great song. Yeah, one of the—I've actually heard a lot of people knock Ballyhoo. Why? Uh, yeah, because okay, so you and me like them for the reason that other people don't. <clears throat> because I like those pop archetypes. You know what I mean? I like a big hook. I like it. Like, and in, uh, in, uh, i know we're venturing off the path here. But in dark sunglasses, there's a spot where the whole song stops, and just the lead singer singing with the chorus with an acoustic guitar, and then the whole band kicks up again. Apparently, that's a trope that a lot of people bitch about. I like that. I don't know, um, but there's that big piano, like almost classical piano breakdown in the middle of this one, which is a little out of place. But I liked it. I thought it worked really well.
1: Well, okay. What's a perfect? Actually, it could have been on either one of our playlists. That, uh, what's it called? Uh Sunny Monday by The Salads. I control my destiny.
0: Rewind back to good times of yesterday. Make it what you see. Yeah. All the clouds have gone away. For another sunny Monday. Wish my working friends could stay on a sunny Monday
1: just let our children play because it's a sunny monday it's okay um I, I posted it's a video where they're like at the lake and they're all like just goofing around and uh what's his face is playing the, the acoustic and uh the bassman's playing the acoustic bass and it's just cause i think this is back when grant had left the band <laughs> uh, oh okay
0: so just the three of them yeah,
1: and um D is just like hanging off a tree and just goofing around like a child. But there's a part in that where it just stops. I mean, the whole song is pretty acoustic, but it's it stops where it's just D and the acoustic. Like it's not just Ballyhoo or like other band. It's it's just it's a summertime vibe. You can tell Jack Johnson. Oh, I
0: know. I I love it. It's the shit that music uh, critics complain about that pisses me off. Like, remember, you read reading the one and it was like, ah, oh, how dare this song be so catchy?
1: <laughs> because it's a good song. Kiss my dish rag.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Anyhow, I thought that was a thumbs up. I really like that uh, that Ballyhoo tune. And uh, you could make a whole summertime playlist just by playing Ballyhoo. Yeah.
1: What's your first yeah. pick there, Chief?
0: All right. My first pick, I got to see what order I put this in here on my playlist. Okay, so what I decided to do with mine, I know we're doing a Canada Day thing. I know you had a Canadian artist on yours, and that's fine. Uh, I decided to leave all the CanCon off of
1: mine for that's this fine. one.
0: Because we might get into a Canada Day thing. I also decided for the five tracks, each one was going to represent a different genre. Uh. Okay? So I set the bar very, very, very high with Dennehy. Denahi is probably the best summer rap song I've ever heard. But a close second would be it was a good day by Ice Cube. Now you're thinking to yourself, I know that song. That's not summary at all. Cause I'm not talking about the original here, people. I'm talking about the remix. Last week messed around and got a triple double. Freaking brothers every
1: way like NJ. I can't believe today was a good day.
0: which could be found on the NWA Legacy compilation album that I stole off of Gran back in the day. <laughs> um, they use this almost AM radio 70s sample as the main beat. So it's like, doo, 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 doo. All another day Like that. It's really like, it sounds like a sitcom intro, right? And the whole song is just about how basically just no one died. <laughs> right he had a great day in uh where's where's, where's, where's that you from he's Compton yeah. he had a great day in Compton just because no one died there was no drama all kinds of great stuff that happened to him and it starts right when he gets up to right when he goes to bed at night and it kind of reminds me of like like a Friday or a do the right thing lots of drama and do the right thing on Friday this, is, this thing went a little bit better for Ice Cube than in those movies. But one of those movies where it just takes place all in one day on a summer's day, and you follow these characters from when they get up in the morning to when they go to bed, to bed at night. And he's talking about playing basketball. He's talking about banging chicks. He's talking about getting fat burger at 1230 in the morning. And it's it's, it's awesome. It's, just, it's, it's similar to Dennehy, where there you have like an old schlub. Uh <laughs> uh talking about not just his day, his entire summer. He was just an average teenager. They're out there in Compton, they're having a great day. Great song.
1: Yeah. It's uh I mean it's there's a lot of hip hop you can pick from that's summertime ish. Uh you could take what was the uh A lot of tribe is good like that. Yeah. Like, like I left
0: my wallet and El Segundo is a good uh yeah. summary hip hop dude. I mean yeah.
1: pretty much half of De La Soul because they have that very up tempo, you know, flowery kind of like mm-hmm. positive kind of summary. Like I remember I was living in Windsor at the time and I was walking through the West End, which is real dumb. <laughs> I had <laughs> three feet high and rising, on. I just had a little strut going, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A lot of the uh a lot of the conscience hip hop. Uh, It's either really, really dark or really, really summery and upbeat. Or look at J5. There's no real in-between. I know, I know. Uh, Ice Cube and NWA, though, they had their share of, um, what's it called? Of of really summery tunes. Um, Oh, God. I'm trying to think of the one where they sample uh, Mr. Big Stuff. Oh, Express Yourself. Express Yourself by the uh, Watt Street funk band or whatever. That's awesome.
1: Express yourself. Do, 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 do,
0: do, do. That's a great summer one. That could have easily been on here too. Oh,
1: I mean half of that atomic funk James Brown shit. Any of that stuff could have been uh yeah, been on there, but
0: but like I said, the sample can really really make some of these songs. And that's why like if you listen to the original one off of uh Oh, God. What's the one where he's, like, smoking a pipe on the cover and it's got a skull on it? Uh, What's that one?
1: Is that Death that, that's, that's Certificate?
0: Maybe. That's that's the one. That's the one that, that that song's from. And the sample on that's not nearly as good as the sample in the remix where they're playing this, like, 70s AM gold stuff we'll look at, that just uh, makes it feel like a nice summery
1: day. Well, look at pretty much anyone who's covered uh doin' Time. Yeah. That sample, that summertime. What is that from?
0: And that was uh the Gershwin brothers. That's an old staple of theirs. And uh so they had all these built-in samples with that. And then it was uh Marshall Goodman found that flute hook.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the Field,
0: <laughs> Field Marshal Goodman. And that really there was that flute that really kind of sells the uh sells the song. So that's my pick there. Did you get a chance to listen to it before we started this up? I'd
1: heard it before. I just It's been a while, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I probably would have just, right. just listened to Dennehy again instead.
0: <laughs> well, like I said, jam these two mixes together and you'll get both Dan Dennehy and today was a good day on the same mix. All right, what's your number two?
1: Um, I'm going to piggyback on your hip-hop. Uh, hmm. Nick D, Skin Like Summer. You got the move, skin like summer. And you know I got it if you want it. It's smooth, butter flies in my stomach. Well, you know I hate it that I love it, yeah. Pack it up, laugh it up. Ha-ha, da-da-da, it's magic, huh? Now, Nick D, now I, did you listen to it? I did. What'd you think? I liked it. Yeah. N- I liked it. Um... Here's the notes I
0: took. Of course, I took notes while I uh, listened to it. I said, uh, that guitar line makes it. Again, a really nice summery guitar line. I thought it was really good. And, uh, you know, he's doing kind of that. I didn't realize he was a white guy yeah. until after I, uh, <laughs> I I looked it up. And he's doing a little bit of that Bieber black scent. You know what I mean? Uh, which is, it can be a little douchey. You know what I mean? when a white guy does that. Uh, but he put the horns in there. And I'm like, all right, this dude's not too cool to use some horns. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I just, uh, what's it called? I, I It was just really short. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing, yeah. the thing about Nick D is I, I think he's purely independent. So he's never, oh, okay. I don't think he's ever put anything out on a label unless like he, you know how some people just start their own label? Unless he did something like that. Because mm-hmm. I, I looked them up on Spotify once because I was listening to Bryce Vine at the gym. And then it's, you know how Spotify will just like, here's something you might like based on that. When the album runs out, it just doesn't stop. So like it just seamlessly went into Nick D and I honestly thought it was like Bryce vine with a guest <laughs> and they're actually, I think they're friends. Cause I think oh, okay. calls him on uh, Instagram. So, um, okay. and I just got the same type of vibe and I dug it, but Oh yeah. So, yeah. Right, here's what I meant to say is he never actually puts out any albums. If you go on his thing, it's infuriating because there's like 50 singles. But it's
0: Oh, it's all singles.
1: Until 2023, he finally put something together as an album. But before that, it was all just like song, 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 song. Yeah,
0: because I looked this up, and I guess it's a summer tune, but I guess it was kind of released like last winter. Well... I think it's like December 2022 or something like that.
1: Well, all I was saying was... Uh, well, you were saying how he dropped it in the winter, and I said it was kind of like a precursor to summer, get, get everybody hyped for the summer, like how when people... Sell the clothing stores, sell their uh, their wares in the, like the winter and spring, but like you don't wear it till the summer. Yeah. Oh, that was Where?
0: it. And I was going to tell you a story. So back in high school, you remember we had to get our volunteer hours. So I got some of them by helping uh, Brandon's dad when he worked for Madango Clothing. I helped him do inventory, and so they got their winter stuff or fall stuff in the spring and it were these ugly ass sweaters they kind of look like something like Giammarco marco would have worn oh, yeah. in the second grade you know what i mean <laughs> those weird graphics yeah and uh so what's it called we're, we're we're barely working by the way i should say that sugar had a lot of patience for us and uh <laughs> he gets on the phone probably with mcguire or one of his clothing people and I just hear him go. These are the ugliest <laughs> fucking sweaters I've ever seen in my life. This is in 1988. So funny. Yeah. So uh, that was the thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like those. It's like those like second grader sweaters, yeah. like in the early nineties.
1: La- the last thing I'll uh, say on Nikki no. aside from the uh, like the guitar and the horns, and it just just like. Uh, what I was saying with "De la Soul" just puts a little bit of uh, pep in your stuff, and it just—I uh, could picture this being used in like a movie or a commercial or something, that, like. And.
0: Uh, well, you know what? It, 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 here's the thing: because it's so short, I'm not on TikTok, but I can imagine this that, being that is being where
1: TikTok he is. like. Apparently, he has a really good podcast, but uh, he did build a lot of his following through. Uh, people discovering it through TikTok, so. Ah,
0: uh, okay, that makes sense because, like, <clears throat> a lot of the new songs that are coming out are super short just because they're building them just to get that great hook yeah. that people can use well, That's like, <laughs> uh, uh, you
1: know, I told yeah, you to check it past people were very mean to the new Rancid album. Now, I didn't really listen to it, so I can't say, but, like, they just didn't seem to jive, but apparently it was very short. Well, you it yeah. Okay. That it
0: was like more of an EP, the album, like, where, like all the like songs were fourteen shorting.
1: songs, but they were all like two two and a half minutes and under. It's it's very like yeah, no effect style. With punk rock.
0: Leaves you a little unsatisfied. Yeah, I remember so long and thanks for all the shoes. I think had like four four or five songs yeah. that were over two minutes. It had like eighteen songs, but still.
1: Anyway,
0: what? Yeah, but still they're catchy. Like all all, all out of angst is, uh, holds up as like almost yeah. a ska classic yeah uh all right I'll move on to my number two uh we're going from the we're not quite leaving the world of uh hip-hop just yet because we're gonna go to the world of country music and uh this is a cover of snoop Dogg's gin and juice by a kind of hillbilly jam band called the gourds
1: man my money on my mind. Don't
0: And I tell you, my friend, it is the best cover of Gin and Juice I've ever heard in my entire life. Gin and Juice is a very similar song to uh, Today Was a Good Day. Instead of just having a great day, Snoop's just having a killer party. Yeah. You know? No one's leaving till six in the morning. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, Dre's coming over with some chicks. It's going to be a good time. You know? Tangerine and Chronic Man are fucked up now. Uh... But uh, these hillbillies do it so good. Like, there's such... And it's really long, too. Now, you're talking about a short song. This is about six minutes. And it's got a great build. It sounds like a bunch of people in the backyard wearing overalls, no shoes. They got a wash tub base. And uh, they're just going to town on this number. But they kind of build the drama. Because uh, the bridge in that song, like, with the real breakdown is that part where he's like later on that day but it's weird hearing these hillbillies say like my homie dr dre (laughs) but and then when he talks like and then he like really builds it up with the you know how he had uh that bubonic chronic and uh how much that messed him up you know because it it builds up to tango Ring chronic man i fucked up now and that's when it's like it's crescendo and it's awesome and if you like jam bands, check out The Gourds. But their lead singer has like a blues band that's even better. They're called Shiny Ribs. And they've got a couple of great songs. Uh, I Don't Give a Shit is a great song. And uh, what's the other one by Shiny Ribs? by goes good with Shiny
1: Ribs? Racket Ribs.
0: What's that, Shiny Coleslaw? Whatever. Whatever.
1: Racket Ribs. Um,
0: uh, hold on. The three songs I like. The three songs by them. Oh, they do a cover of uh, Rihanna's Bitch Better Have My Money. I don't give a shit. Who Built the Moon? Who Built the Moon is a great bluesy song. So that's my little blues pick. Last summer, I was listening to a lot of blues. And uh, The Gourds, that is going to make any party. And it's a uh, it's a conversation starter at the party. Someone will say, who's this? And you'll go, it's The Blue. When, uh, when I
1: was listening to this, at first, uh, it sounded very like Jack and Diane. A little bit, uh, yeah, I can see that. It it took on a life of its own. It was very good, very original. Because I I think I told you, when I was uh, volunteering at the radio station in Windsor, every, like, month or every couple weeks when I was feeling lazy, I would... uh, Because they really... They actually... Windsor was one of those few stations where you actually had... They got new music in. Murad, the music director at the time, was very good about, like, reaching out to labels. And they got... They got they had the whole, like, sea floods of albums from Independence to stuff that, like, was hot on the... Uh, like, we could compete with, like, Indie 88 or whatever the rock station in Windsor was. Um, yeah. Because Murad did such a good job. But, uh, so, when I didn't feel like playing new stuff, I'd, like, scan through my cavernous iTunes at the time before my computer crashed, and, uh, I'd pull out a whole bunch of random covers, and, uh, I got... Sometimes I got chirped for it, but other times, like, one time the, the pro- program director, Brady, walks in when I was playing, uh, what was the cover of? Um, it was Devo. I think it was can't get no satisfaction. He's like, great. He's a like, great fucking cover. Yeah. I was like, great. <laughs> uh, and then there was than the cover of working at a coal mine. I like it, but just cause I love Devo, but um, there's also yeah. a really good cover of this kind of like blues. Like, uh, I don't know if it's blues or bluegrass, but his name is Hugo. He does a great kind of like stompy blues uh, version of 99 problems.
0: Oh nice! I'll send me that.
1: Yeah, I will. I want to check that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like sometimes the guy who was who did the show after me is like always with the covers with <laughs> you. He's like covers. He's like <laughs> cover cover shows are cheesy. I'm like, hey man, you never know where you might find like a random gem. Well, like I don't know. There's
0: there's there's a little bit of a joy. That he, and this might be a controversial thing, hearing like, especially of, like if it's a white artist cover a uh, a hip-hop song especially if they take it seriously yeah you can get there are some great covers out there because they're really showing appreciation of the music uh have you ever heard bare naked ladies cover fight the power
1: i think i have it's black and, it's and I'm I'm most of my, don't no stamps
0: Like, they pull out all the tricks, and they give it a lot of respect, and uh, it's awesome.
1: Well, it's because, you know, any well-rounded artist has, if you're a punk band, you appreciate, like how we were talking during the first Planet Smashers episode, uh, Uh Thomas from Streetlight, you know, he loves everything from Nirvana, the Beatles, the Squirrel Nut Zippers, uh you know, he likes all sorts of things and that's why streetlight right. is a very good band because they bring all sorts of elements to it uh and like just because you're a punk fan doesn't mean you can't like hip-hop or whatever uh um, yeah like look at joey Ramone, you know the punk rock icon he loved all those 60s pop songs oh i know
0: and that's that's what made the Ramones so wonderful yeah. is that you know, if they were writing their own you – know, they were writing their own stuff, but if it's just straight up – like, they, Here's the thing. I was thinking about this the other day because when it comes to punk rock, there's very few bands that are straight up punk rock that I actually like.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, you
0: know what I mean? I like, you know, like if you – if you, like, I like like your, your – you know, obviously ska punk and like Celtic punk and, you know, whatever you want to call it, go-go-bordello. Romanian punk or whatever. That's just E-mogre, a- E-mogre, E-mogre, E-mogre punk. <laughs> um, you know, like like that's the stuff I like, you know, and I like social D because they mix all that blues and stuff yeah. into their uh into their punk. You know what I mean? And there's something too like with balancing souls, there's a lot of I don't know if it's pop influence, but there's it's more than just you know, three chords ripping, roaring ahead. The there's something, there's a lot more in the songwriting process that's going on Well, there. They,
1: they take so. they take a lot of cues from, because they're Jersey fellas, they take a lot of cues from like a Brian Adams or a Bruce Springsteen, like that Heartland Rock, because in, right, in, right. in how they record and how, um, uh, what the hell's the lead singer's name, Steve?
0: I, I don't know. If I the can't remember. Ahead.
1: But, because uh, I know there's the Pete, and Brian plays bass, but I can't remember the uh, singers. Anyway, the way he sings... Look. A uh, little like, trivia
0: for you about uh, the Souls, now that you mention it, because I want to say this or else I'll forget it. Is it I'm the motorcycle? Ah, you're right.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, one, one of the it. guys in the band's motorcycle was used on uh, Springsteen. What album was it? It was It was. It was just the greatest hits compilation. Okay. But he took a new photo he needed and we
0: want a motorcycle for it, and he called the Bouncing Souls. That's
1: right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is completely oh, all yeah. right
0: believe it is your turn
1: well I just wanted I'll close it on this in terms of the punk thing because like there's there's only a handful of no effects albums I like otherwise I find no effects uh, very boring because it's a lot of the same there's Pennywise right it's like this is clearly a band yeah this is a band who no
0: effects I find mixes mixes up way more than yeah they give them credit for yeah
1: or like Bad Religion, like when you hear one out song, you kind of hear them all. And it's because I think those, yeah. those guys only listen to punk, so their influences are so narrow. But anyway, yeah. um, so mine is – Well,
0: Bad Religion, Greg's voice makes that bad. Oh, 100%. If they had Fat Mike singing for them, they'd be shit. <laughs> so they got maybe the best punk rock singer out there.
1: Yeah, I've talked about this with other people who are the best punk singers of all time. Isn't Greg's easily, if not number one, in the top five.
0: Yeah, you because know, he's one of the few who can actually sing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the dude from Chuck Reagan from Hot Water Music's got to be up there. His voice is great, but um, mine is kind of like hip hop tangent. It's ska, but it's—I mean—it's Dave McWayne kind of doing like a it's kind of sing half almost a spoken word. It's not quite hip hop. <laughs> yeah. uh It's the it's shining on off of the um, what was it 2009. Noise that was a Strictly Rude, wasn't Strictly it? Rude, that was it. I was like, what the hell is that album called? Lanterns, they sell cheap wine. I got six bucks. Bag, whip, wine, smash. Drink it up, a- Which I'm pretty sure is correct me if I'm wrong because you mentioned it in the In Defense of Scott episode, but wasn't that produced by Joe Gilliman? Joe Gilliman, the base film. Yeah, that's that's yeah. random. But because uh, it's kind of same same premise, it's almost like today was a good day, except Dave has a whole bunch of bad things out <laughs> to him. Yeah. But he's just like, because <laughs> he's like getting broken up with, he loses his hat, he breaks his wine. And uh just shit keeps, yeah. but he doesn't let it get to him. Drink it
0: up, avoid the glass.
1: <laughs> he doesn't let it get to him because, you know, the sun's out. He's with his boys. Yeah. It's, it's just a nice summertime tune to get you out and about. Got it.
0: I've been listening to that song since I bought that album. So I'm, I got to think maybe back to 2011, 2012.
1: I thought it was 2009. Right? And
0: now was it, was it 2009? I don't think I got the album till like 2010. That was immediately a standout track. And that is such a killer summer song. Yeah. And it, it basically at the end, he winds up at a bar. Yeah. They got no money for pints, so they fill their <laughs> fill their pint glasses up with Paps Blue Ribbon that they brought from home. And uh, but just the idea that he's just having fun sitting there talking with his buddies, sitting on the on a patio. You know what I mean? It reminds me of like all those nights at West End Pub. Yeah. You know, especially those nights I just go with Brent. And, uh, you know, Brent, uh, one of the reasons why he and I are such close friends, hello, buddy, hopefully you're still listening, <laughs> uh, is because he is like such a great listener. What's that when you guys first. I mean, there was nights I would drone on and, on and on and on and on and on. And he'd barely say a word, but I knew he was listening. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just need that in a friend.
1: Wasn't, it, <laughs> so they, wasn't that one of the things that first oh drew God. you guys together And when you were in English class? Weren't you just, like, yammering yeah. on and on? And it's like, who's this guy? He just keeps listening to everything you say. He's like, because
0: yeah. I Because there was a comfortability I had with him, too. Like, I could talk to this guy. And I knew he was listening. So there you go. That's true. It's that's a hard thing to do. Look at how often I interrupt you. I'm a terrible <laughs> listener. Okay? <laughs> yes everyone needs a good listener in their friend group and he's my good listener
1: so if, if you if uh, you I'm and i were him, tom Segura and Burt kreischer you are easily i'm the Segura and you are the kreischer he is a horrible listener oh man like
0: let's not get into a half an hour Burt kreischer doc no
1: i won't but i just there was one time because that's the other thing too
0: i i remember seeing the movie and i really wanted to see it and i was getting all these bad reviews and i'm like it's not that I want to see the movie. I just want to hang out with Bert Kreicher. Because I think if I did hang out with him, I'd have a blast.
1: There was one. I don't know if it was on a Rogan or if it was just the two of them doing a, a thing together. But uh, Tom was like, Bert, I'm going to tell you something. I want you to see how much you can actually recall from the story. And he, like he just did, got nothing. Like, he's, it's, it's like you. Sometimes I can see your head just turn away. And just like, <laughs> all right, I've lost him.
0: I remember one time you getting really mad at me. Because we're at your house. And you're telling me, I can't even remember what you're talking to me about. But just Pool and Jake were also there. And they were having a much more interesting conversation than we were. <laughs> and I was just drifting. And I think, <laughs> think you were like yelling at me, and I was drifting. Like I was still listening to them. We're like, huh? Huh? Ah? Like, yeah. And you're like, so you
1: great. You are a terrible. Listener. You're annoying me the whole time. Oh, sorry. <laughs> One time when we worked together, I saw you lose interest. Uh, you, you was, uh, what did you do? You turned your head and you got focused on a balloon because it had your reflection. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like me. They... Oh, boy. you were literally like Gina Linetti from Brooklyn Nine Nine, and they compared her to like a toucan who's always just like looking at a, a like a bird that's looking at the reflection in a mirror.
0: I, I do have issues with reflections. If I see my reflection, I'm just going to stare at myself. Because I don't know. I It's it's that thing growing up. When you're a couch potato, like me and you were, you watch a lot of TV. And you're kind of like, what do I look like in the eyes of others? And a mirror
1: is the closest thing to that. Speak for yourself. I so played you a lot of sports. Uh, not after you met me. It's true. My dad brought that up on numerous occasions. I know. No, but I didn't quit hockey until I was like 16 or 17, and we were friends since since we were like 10, so. Yeah, I remember I was
0: having a sleepover at your house, and it was me, and I can't remember the other, but it might have been Scott Langer, and I was there sleeping in your living room, and you are doing up your like uh, your boots, and you're like, I'll be back in an hour, Got a hockey practice. <laughs> it's like five in the
1: morning. Yeah. That's the life of a hockey player for you. I knew people who had to – like Jeff Robinson and some of those guys had 5 a.m. practice before school. Jesus. Because I only played house league, my practices were like Sundays and Saturdays. Jeez.
0: I was like the rep teams? (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. I'll tell you. Now, I I am thinking about that. Like, like Freddie is just starting to be cool with me watching baseball, and he's just starting to watch a little bit of baseball with me, right? Like I had the Jays game on. They used to be like at the beginning of the season. I had the Jays game on. He'd walk over to me with the remote. I go, aah, aah. <laughs> I need to change it and put on one of his shows. Now I've had the Jays game on. He's cool. He'll sit there and he'll watch a little. He'll play with his toys and all this stuff. right? Really? So he's getting better with it.
1: But if he comes to me in like, oh god, I guess four years. What time? When did they start hockey? Five? Uh, it really depends. Some of, Jeff and some of those guys were in like tight at four. They were in like learn to skate at Jesus. like two and three. I was a late bloomer, with, uh, but it's because of my friendship. Yeah, with those well, that's guys that's that the hard the
0: hardest thing. Like when you're ten years old, you can go and play baseball. Ten years old, you can go play basketball. They don't even start in some places learning how to play football until you're like a, a preteen. Yeah. You know, but hockey, you have a window. You have like a two or three year window that you have to get into hockey. And if you don't get into hockey, then you're lost entirely. And I know it's a, I, 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 two days before I met Brynn, I went on one date with a girl who had kids and they, she told me that a thousand bucks for the first year of hockey.
1: Yeah. Like I was very fortunate because my family did not always have a lot of money. But what we yeah. did have is a lot of uh, family friends, and we mm. had one family who's they were very well off, and they they had three sons that all played hockey, and I got their hand-me-downs for at least a season or two. Yeah, Steve didn't play hockey; no, did he? he played football. Yeah, yeah. So your parents—I bet you your dad was probably thrilled that you
0: wanted to play hockey. But
1: well, he's probably thrilled that I was a very mediocre athlete. So he's uh, like, because the one year I got asked to play select. I think the, the fee was like 500 It wasn't as much as Rep, but it was... And even that was just like, oh, well, there goes our trip to the Poconos. Yeah. Like, we were never going to the Poconos.
0: We yeah. had to go to Lake Flacid. That's true. There you go. Did you notice know I called it Lake Flacid? Yes, I did. Yeah.
1: Well, the... Uh, All my, right. My arch enemy. Uh, their their team, my the team I should be coaching, is in a uh, tournament in Kingston right now. So I told my Lake Placid story. Oh, that division. girl.
0: Yeah. When you said your arch enemy, I thought you meant Matt Walker.
1: No. Oh. I
0: thought you were going to tell some old hockey story.
1: No. Well, oh, okay. actually, it's funny. Coming out of that Lake Placid tournament, His his squad won silver. We almost won bronze, but we lost. He was rubbing it in. I nearly punched him in the face in grade six. I was like, get out of here, Walker. I don't care about your stupid metal. All
0: right. Uh, So we got into this because we're talking about Reflections. We're talking about me being a bad listener. That came from Bert Kreicher. Oh, we're talking about Shining On. (laughs) Again, there's a great trombone solo in there. It's just, it is almost the perfect ska song.
1: Yeah. And if there
0: was maybe a little more singing, because you're right, David McWayne does talk the whole thing. But it works as a talkie. It's like uh, their other one. It's another great one where he just talks the whole time is uh,
1: fu- Not Fucking Around. You know that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great one. He doesn't sing it at all in that song. But it's terrific. I mean, he kind of sings in the chorus. No, nah, 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 nah. But and, and
0: like you, you you think of it and you're like, oh, look at this dude. He's just talking his way through a song. Yeah. Doesn't take any talent. You try doing that.
1: No, I it's not easy. Not.
0: I tried. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? He's mad- mastered the art of spoken word. Scott. David <laughs> not an easy thing to do. And he can sing too on top of it, which is good. All right. Any more uh, things to say about, uh, about uh, Shining On?
1: Big thumbs up. Check it out. I'll, I'll be dropping it here. So uh, if, if you like what you hear, go listen to more.
0: All right. Now, I gave you the wrong uh, title for this next one. We're sticking in the Sky vein. I told you it was Tequila Sunrise. It's Tijuana Sunrise. Okay. Not Tequila Sunrise. So if you couldn't find it, that's why. That's my bad. But it's by Goldfinger. <laughs> I've been drinking to forget just how good it was. I was drinking with you, then I'm drinking till noon. Now I'm drinking by myself. I've been drinking to forget the both of us. And uh, it's a later track by Goldfinger. Cause I think you may remember, you know, they're self-titled and their and hang-ups were very much Sky albums. But then when they came out with um, Stomping Ground. They dropped the ska, and it was almost just like, not even pop punk, but almost like just power pop. Yeah. You know? It was bouncy. It was fun. It was good. It was a good album. I liked it. But I did kind of long for the days, you know, where's the ska stuff? And they didn't go back and revisit their ska roots, really, until I think they took a hiatus as a band, because John went off and did all that pop producing. Yeah. And he realized that the Goldfinger fans who are still sticking around are the ska ones. So they went back to their roots. Tijuana Sunrise. It's almost a throwback to, you know how bands like in seventies, in there's a whole genre called yacht rock, yeah, right? Yeah. This is almost a ska equivalent of a yacht rock song. They're always talking about going to Mexico and getting hammered over a breakup or something like that. <laughs> or meeting a chick in Mexico and just talking about how wonderful that one night stand with that chick was. Right? Right. This is basically John Feldman doing that. But it's got it's got some great horns in it. Um he really sings with a lot of uh he's not screaming it, but he's got like a lot of like intensity to it, you know what I mean? And uh it's it's great, it makes you it makes the idea of in Mexico, even with all the drug cartels and how dangerous it is, passing out on the beach because you're sloshed on tequila being a very romantic idea. <laughs> Horribly dangerous in reality, but Feldman sells it as being the best thing you could ever do with your life.
1: Well, I mean. Did you
0: get a chance to listen to this one?
1: No, because I couldn't find it. Which album was it off of? It is of. Because I gave up on Goldfinger after Open Your Eyes. I was like, oh, "This song stinks. Uh, check out Tijuana, Sunrise. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Actually, according to uh, Spotify, it is Goldfinger's fifth most played tune. It's off of their 2017 album, The Knife.
1: Oh, definitely wouldn't have heard it.
0: Yeah. Do yourself a favor when you get a chance, give it a listen, and uh, you'll appreciate it. It is, you know, dad rock meets ska, and in the summertime, that's what I'm all about. <laughs> Love the dad rock.
1: Ready to give me the beat, boys free my soul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nard <sighs> <laughs>
1: All right, you're up next. Who the hell is still firing off a nail gun? It's dark out there.
0: Yeah. I think it stopped raining, though. So you got to It's been raining most of the day. So people have deadlines they're trying to meet. Right?
1: I got deadlines to meet. Thanks for kills. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even get that reference. Yeah, I figured it. it was off the. I'm
0: slowly, slowly. You know what it was? It was, it was, and I might bring this up when we do a Canada Day one. How I finally, I think I mentioned this on a podcast that we did previously. I finally listened to the lyrics of, like, like really listened to Leather Jacket. And I, I just had such a new appreciation for that song. So I got to go through and really intentively listen to the Arkells instead of them just being background or me just telling everybody I love them because they're from Hamilton, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. The Jackson Square is a friggin' gold record. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I liked it when I listened to it. I just didn't listen to it attentively enough.
1: Although, uh, I think Morning Report, their fourth album, I was like, I've seen enough.
0: That's when you you, you like, checked out on it.
1: Well, that was the last good album. And then they put out like. Um,
0: well, what was the one? They, they did that really shit song with AJ and Allie. That was really bad.
1: Yeah. And they, like, I wasn't a big fan of knocking at the door. Yeah. Uh, Ah but that that was their big that was
0: the like let's break through in the state's song like that gets played in commercials down south.
1: And and then I wasn't a big fan of the Rally Cry album and then I was just like and then they got so big and they cuz before like when they were singing about like Jackson Square or even like um there's a song off Michigan Left where he's like uh, the references he drops and it's just it's got this really great bouncy drums uh with the piano combo from Tim and uh Anthony and it's like he's like 403 402 401 you know, the or something like that he's dropping all the highways from like here to like uh the border basically like down by Windsor
0: oh who did that there was one of the bands that we listened to and they did a whole song where they are talking about like driving to Buffalo who was that that was a gob.
1: I can't remember. I don't
0: think it was Biff naked. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember, they're making like the
1: trek down to Buffalo, and they ah, it was one of, one of our episodes. <laughs> I told, Shit, I can't remember. I told you, we record, I listen, I edit, I forget. I don't remember anything we talk about. Um,
0: okay, you know it was the salads, was it? It was off of that first album before Mister D joined.
1: Oh.
0: We're talking about driving to Buffalo, yeah, and all the highways they had to hit, yeah.
1: But uh, like, so there's yeah. like stuff like that, and then obviously Jackson Square and things like that, where it felt like they were like my band. Now they're just like, eh, they're too big for their britches.
0: Well, okay, so let's let's get into your next tune. I don't know how we veered off onto the the Arkells.
1: How do, yeah. how do we veer off on anything? It's what we do. My number four is. uh uh-huh. Gonna dive into a little can con for you. Some out from uh, I think he's from Vancouver. Yeah. Dan Mangan. Or Mangan, I don't know how to pronounce it, but now tell I know
0: the name. I looked him up on Wikipedia, and nothing he did ring r- rung a bell. There was a pitcher for the Oakland A's a few years ago named Dan Mengden. He actually tried to bring back the Raleigh Finger's mustache when he was in Oakland. Heck. Curled his mustache. But he didn't really amount to much. But Dan Mangin sounds like someone I should know.
1: It's he's one of those guys who basically because you and I came like we went to college and we were adults like mid twenty somethings in like the twenty tens, and he, mm. he really came to prominence like amongst a lot of the the hipster folks of that era. Um, and like I think one of his first albums. Let's see, I think it was around two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah. Oh, he actually, his first album was when we were in college. And then when we got out of college, he had an album called nice, nice, very nice. Um, (laughs) I like that, but, uh, I kind of got into him. I heard, uh, the song troubled Mind." That was more recent. It was a couple of years ago. That was really good. But like pool loved them because he dated a whole bunch of hipsters back in the day. Um, and so I think I heard him through them, but, uh, apparently he's a very nice guy. Like, um, the Vancouver, also Vancouver band, Said the Whale, made a, a big post making a big deal because they were kind of shipping off some orders during the pandemic. Some like fan merch and stuff for the fans. And Dan Mannigan spent his own money and bought some of their merch. And he, they were like, we're like best friends with this guy. We would have given him stuff for free. But <laughs> yeah uh, the fact that he wanted to support us through the pandemic was just, you know, he's a salt of the earth fella. Well, good uh, okay. Yeah, but off of uh, the album, it's called More or Less the Song Cold in the Summer. It's got a very chill kind of like uh, bass and guitar, just kind of like, but it's, the lyrics, it's got a summery vibe, but the lyrics, there's nothing I hate than getting a summer cold so I can appreciate it. (laughs) But it's also just a very summer chill song, but uh, I, I love that song. Yeah.
0: So at first, when I started listening to this, I thought, okay, this is going to be the first aid kit of Brian's list. You like having kind of a haunting tune on here, right? But uh, after that first chorus, it really picks up. I like the little piano that was, there's something following him during the verses. I think it was piano, but I couldn't tell. Because when it picks up in the chorus, these steel drums come in. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's cool. I really like that. Yeah. So uh, it lived up to the hype. I, I honestly thought, because you know, you know what I hate—like when you look at like a, a list. Because my idea of the summer is to be very carefree and happy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like basically living without a care in the world. That's my idea of the summer, right? right? But you'll look at a Rolling Stone list and you'll listen to like one of their songs that they say is a great summertime. <laughs> like, wow. You know what I mean? This makes me sad and want to go to bed. Oh. You know, like, why is this a summertime song?
1: Like, there's. So. Their number one song would be like, what was that song? Like, Summertime Sadness by. uh, What's that girl? Uh, The one that does do.
0: Lana Del Rey. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey is kind of interesting. Lana Del Rey. Because, okay, I'm not. I'm just not her audience. Yeah. Right? But she does the cover of "Doing Time by Sublime. Yeah. And I thought she did a good job with sure. it. Sure. So I was reading an interview with her about that song that came out. And she's a huge fan, which I appreciate. You know what I mean? Because a lot of these art pop people think they're too good for the brilliance that is Sublime. Right. And uh, she's like, you know, I listen. She's like, there's not a day that doesn't go by that i don't listen to at least one Sublime song. And she goes, Brad was a huge influence on me. Because he wrote these sunny California jams that were insanely dark. <laughs> and she's like, California sounds like a great idea on paper. And then you live here and it's not. And she goes, that basically, like, his vision of California is what catapulted me in my career. And I really, really appreciated that. Because here I am sitting here going, yes! Yes! You know what I mean? Yeah. Stop saying it's just fucking white boy reggae. Yeah. It's not just fucking white boy reggae. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. And then she had the foresight to come out and say that publicly, someone that a lot of critics really, really respect. So I was like, you know, we need you, Lana Del Rey. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. Do you know how to? You know how in the defense of ska? When they have like clips on their Instagram where it has like the little radio signal going like like bouncing, I'm gonna try to like make something like that. Clip this part, send it to that freaking think is Josh Adam Myers.
0: <laughs> I should, yeah. Well, I haven't uh, corresponded with him in a
1: long time. Ooh, um, looks like the years haven't been kind to of you, there, <laughs> The do you know? Speaking of Sublime or Sublime or whatever, do you know any uh, headway that's been made on that biofic that's coming out?
0: no 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 casting they had the director of the hunger games on board and then it just it's it sat there so i'm 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 thinking this might just be end up being one of these movies that just late languors in pre-production for ages um and it's funny too because like with the advent of streaming services while granted they're not theatrical releases anymore a lot more movies are getting pushed out. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like these streaming sites have to meet, uh, they have to meet mandates, and um, I figured it'd be easy to get a, easier to get a picture made. But I just got a gut feeling that this will languish around for a while. I don't know if the uh, Noel family has signed off on it. I don't know what Bud and Eric think about it.
1: We'll see. The, uh, the, before we move on to your next pick, uh, the, the one thing I'll say about California I mean, every every California band has written a song about it, but I think uh, this is the one that you might as well strap in and tell Alex to listen because it's the one time I'll give uh, the Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers any kudos. But uh, I think their cover, or they're, not their cover, uh, California Cation also really sums up California too.
0: Yeah, it's funny too. Like that's now I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But that's actually of their singles, I'm not a huge fan of that. Really? One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh is that like it's just I don't know. But then again, I hear it on the radio I'll sing along to it so what what do I know? It's it's like I don't dislike it. It's just compared to other Red Hot Chili Peppers and their big hits. There's other ones I like better. Which which hit? Like if you want to talk about an, a Dark Side of L.A. song, I can't believe you didn't mention Under the Bridge. No. Under the Bridge is, you know, he wrote that, Anthony Kiedis, as an exercise that was recommended by his, um, when he was in, a, like, Narcotics Anonymous, to write this, like, poem about how he feels. So that song started off as a poem, to help him with his sobriety that he wrote just for himself. And I guess they had some kind of moment with the band when they were doing blood sugar, sex magic. Cause he read it to them. And he's like, the next thing I know, you know, for Shanty's breaking out his guitar and he's writing this riff and it turns into it. That was the song that made their careers.
1: Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't the other hit? Or the other hit. It's such a stereotype. <laughs> It really is a stereotype. Okay, it's not, you know, it's not a stereotype when they all they, sound the same.
0: They largely did that at the beginning of their careers when they were just going crazy. Yeah. yeah, I know he brings it back a little bit here and there, but all artists do that. Like Bruce does callbacks to his early stuff all the time.
1: My my two No,
0: he gets to be a genius and they get to be a bunch of twits.
1: My two favorite chili pepper songs are covers. Love Roller Coaster and Higher Ground.
0: Soul to Squeeze.
1: Oh, that one's all right. Is a great fucking
0: song. Other side, I still think is a great fucking song.
1: I'll give you other side. Other side is great. Um, what's it called?
0: They've got so many. So many. And, When's the last time you sat down and listened to Blood Sugar Sex Magic?
1: Uh, Well, I told you. Remember back in the winter?
0: It's a great summer album, too. You want to talk about summer albums? Blood Sugar Sex Magic's a killer summer album.
1: Back in the winter, I was uh, going through, I was trying to go through the Chili Peppers because I was going to do like my overrated. And I was going to do a whole thing about the uh, Chili Peppers. And I was going to go through them all. And then I was listening to some of those early ones from like 81 and 83. I'm just like, the musicianship is phenomenal. But I just, I can't. Like even for young guys, like Flea was good even back then. It's not something he just like got better at. But uh, I just can't get into the freaking vocals. But uh,
0: but they're a different band, and
1: those. I know,
0: yeah. You, you, yeah. Yeah, how would you like it if everyone judged less than Jake on "She's Got a Break Soon"?
1: Why do you got to bring that up?
0: I'm just oh, saying. Okay,
1: fine. Judge less than they. That is a very catchy, good song. It should have been a hit. <laughs> I like that song Well fuck people who say that That's a bad song I was just I was just talking about
0: like Walker and Mus- McCusker Giving you a hard time on that one.
1: <laughs> uh, That's the thing, Walker even said If memory serves, it's been so long But I think he actually said he liked the song He just said he was chirping me And chirping them For taking the horns out for the video Because they were selling out That was Campbell That no, was Walker too And that was the science
0: of selling yourself short
1: no, Walker was chirping me on uh, she's going to break soon.
0: Alright, who's up next? Oh, it's me, isn't it? Alright, so we've tackled hip-hop. We've tackled all country blues kind of thing. Uh, we tackled some ska. We're going to go to the world of soul music now. You want to talk about a legend? Stevie Wonder is a legend. Yeah. He wrote this tune and it was completely done as a tribute to Bob Marley. He wanted to just write a song to make Bob Marley proud. So I wrote this one called Master Blaster. And uh, you could listen to this in the dead of winter and work up a sweat. Like he puts you in downtown Kingston, Jamaica. And it's not the glamorous beach. It's that back alleyway that uh, Bedwin Soundclash is always singing about, right? (laughs) Yeah. uh, But it's it's festive. It's a lot happier than that, you know? And uh, Master Blaster is such a killer... Late night summertime party reggae R and B jam. Oh, it's it's for my money, it is my favorite song by Stevie Wonder. I really like Stevie Wonder, but this is for me bar none his best song. Um, A little trivia for you: he plays everything except the guitar on this song.
1: I thought he did that, so he plays in all of his stuff because I know he played the drums Uh, and he plays obviously.
0: yeah, and the bass is done on keyboard. Oh, okay. And the horns are done on keyboard, too, in this one. Uh, but uh, what's it called? I, f- I don't know who he brought him to play guitar, because there's definitely two guitars going if you listen to it. But I think he's got a clavinet going as well. Mm. Um, You know, sometimes you look at, you know, something like that. I never have an issue with someone's using, like, synth horns or they're playing it themselves on a solo album, because I like it when someone does all the work on a solo album. You know? I just think that's cool. Yeah and uh my goodness but i've seen him do it with a full band and it's just as good it uh oof it gets you going on that one and he just like you know most of the soul and r&b artists from that era doesn't leave anything on the floor you know what i mean he puts it all into that record and it's it is a beautiful summer song it is your thoughts
1: you said it, my man. I was listening to yeah. it while you had the the power issue over there, the cutout, whatever the hell happened, and I yeah. was just like popping my head. I was just like shuffling in my seat. It was great.
0: Uh, oh yeah. It's now Stevie's got as you know, it's it's funny with Stevie Wonder. The area I don't think that he gets enough respect is his his uh, his influence on genres outside of like pop and R and B. Yeah. Because, for my money, he's almost like a top five funk artist as well. Like, higher ground superstition. If you're making funk
1: playlists,
0: yeah. those have to both be on those lists.
1: Right? Otherwise, you're a like, damn fool. You're a moron. Exactly.
0: No, he, he did some killer stuff. He has another one uh, that he released... You know they all. You know how sometimes when artists will release something where they're past their prime, they're old men. It doesn't chart. It doesn't go anywhere. He did a song called uh, "So What the Fuss," and Prince is playing guitar on it, and it's killer. That's another good one. It's not really a summary jam. It's just a. It's just kind of just a good like, I don't know, just what's wrong with the world kind of song but it's awesome.
1: You know what song I love? Because it's in one of my favorite movies, so of course I'm going to love this song. Mm. Uh, the Stevie Wonder song that's at the end of High Fidelity. Oh, which one? It's, uh, I believe when I fall in love, it'll be forever. It's a little like soul number. It's it's very good. Okay, um, nice. Because I also identify with that song. Uh, in terms of the marriage thing, I'm late to the game, but I guarantee you, when I do get married, it'll stick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> None of these people like that we you know from high school who got married or pregnant like way too young, and they're like single moms now.
0: Well, I was gonna say the old adage is: go to bed. If you get married at twenty, look at look at who you wake up to uh, next to when you're thirty. Yeah. You know, but uh, what I was gonna say was it's not a race. No, I, not a race. I tell that to a lot of you. I, I, I used to tell that to myself in the mirror when I would get depressed <laughs> in my late twenties. It's not a race, Ted. It's not a race. Yeah. No. All right. You're up for your last pick for this mix. This is, by the way, for five songs. I thought this was going to take us two hours. We've
1: got a nice speedy pace. Um, well, I think it's just uh, we're letting the songs do the talking for us. And uh, yeah. it's, I mean, sometimes you don't need to go into heavy dissection. Sometimes it's literally just like this next one. and it it's It dovetails nicely to yoke from yours. It's Marlena, uh, Marlena Shaw, California Soul. California Soul, California Soul, California Soul, when you hear
0: the beat, you want to pat your feet, and you got to move, cause it's real. I I looked this up yeah. when you sent it to me. I, I decided Wikipedia, Marlena Shaw. I don't know how this one flew under my radar
1: for as long as it right? did. Yeah.
0: What a great fucking thing. Yeah.
1: Where'd you hear this one? Uh, I mean, I remember it from from uh, a while back, but actually a few months ago, Dan of all people sent it to me. He's just like, ah, such really? a nice day. I was just like, I was bumping this on my YouTube. And I'm just like, a him of all people, the biggest square in the land. Sends me this bop, as you like to say. Yeah.
0: It's a total bop.
1: What?
0: Uh, do you know what year it was
1: uh, released? Let me check. Okay. god, <coughs> It's off of the spice of life, so I'm just going to quickly search that. I don't want spice of life hot sauce. You don't want spice up your life either. <laughs> spice up your life. Everybody spice up your life. Uh, uh, release date. I wish I could you release date. Uh this album came out. Uh November of nineteen sixty-nine. Summer oh, of Love. Summer of
0: Love. Well, November was the winter of
1: Whatever. love, Fuck off.
0: But uh, I mean uh, still well, this
1: song probably would have been released in the summer, but uh because it's always yeah. lead up to the album, but uh
0: It's just a song that good and a song that that's that that catchy. I'm surprised is not bigger. I did look it up, uh, like when I looked it up on Spotify, and like some like version that Dua Lipa had sampled popped up. Uh, So you know people are aware of it. I just wasn't. I just missed this one. Um, What I love about it is, so it's got this huge orchestral background, and it drives it home. But there's um, – you can hear it, and it's very prevalent. There's the drum and the bass, and that rhythm section just holds it down and keeps it in check without it just being like a James Bond theme, which are always just <laughs> backed by, like, you know, orchestral stuff, yeah. and makes it that funky track that it is. Yeah. Really good shit. She's alive, too, which I also yeah. was like, oh, that's cool. You know? Yeah, it's – uh, alive. To, hopefully she'll hear the podcast to go, hey <laughs> – and it's thunder bay they're listening to my shit
1: good stuff and it's just another example well, like you know there's the there's the uh the dark side of california but then there's the the lights right the the sunshine uh-huh. the you know the people the just the the vibe of the city now obviously covid and many issues we won't get into has kind of taken a bit of the soul out of california or at least uh los angeles i don't know what part of california she's singing about but uh it's not old gray. It uh, ain't what she used to be. Well, you can say that about every single. That's true. Uh, town
0: in North America, really. Yeah. You know, oh. every single town has its set of problems. But California has always been looked at, going back to the the old West, as being just the land of hope, the land of fresh starts. You know what I mean?
1: Well, it's yeah, because you uh, look at the the East Coast, the original thirteen colonies, and. Like, everyone just stopped. And they're like, hey, yeah. there's, a whole, there's a whole wide world out there. And so people just sought out greener pastures. And there's uh, – did you know the whole reason Hollywood was founded was as a FU to Edison? Because – I think I did. Uh, they, wanted, they didn't want to make pictures in New Jersey or New York. And so uh, because I think Edison owned some patent on, like, the film camera or something. And uh, so they found another way to use it or another person to like mass produce it. And so they're like, we're doing this out yeah. here. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Neat. Um, Neat. But yeah, it's, it's such a great song and it's uh, hopefully if you listen to this, it'll be bumping in your car stereo all summer.
0: Thank you for introducing me to that. You know, I don't know if you knew, did you ever see John Candy's last movie? Uh, Wagons East.
1: No, but I was listening to uh, there's a history of the nineties podcast. I love and uh, they talked yeah. about three people who, well, three hilarious people: Farley, Candy, and Hartman, who died too young because they were, you know, they had their huge yeah. renaissance or their. They all died in the nineties, so. Uh, and they were talking the about White Beast, and apparently, it was yeah. awful. <laughs>
0: it's, it's it's not a good movie. It's him, and it's Richard Lewis. It's like the only movie like Richard Lewis got to headline, except for uh, Robin Hood uh, Men in Tights. Uh <laughs> And uh, But the plot is really interesting. So it's a Western. And it's all these guys, like Richard Lewis, they hire, like, he's, you know, Candy's like the ranch hand, right? Right. And they hire, Richard Lewis hires him to lead him and his family back to New York because they went to LA. They were like, this place sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So they're going east while everyone's coming west. (laughs) They want to go back home. (laughs) So that's the movie. And uh, it's an interesting idea on paper, but uh, I guess just the writing wasn't that good. And uh, and yeah, but uh, I I do like the idea of paper. It's kind of funny. And also, you know, more Richard Lewis is a good thing.
1: Do you Richard Lewis? (laughs) Which one? I don't know. Just your impression of Richard Lewis. I do. I don't do an impression of Richard Lewis, do I? You're always holding your forehead, and like oh my. God.
0: Oh yeah, You that's yeah. a, a lot of that. a lot of what's it called? Uh, just like he's uh, what's, called... <laughs> what's he do? <laughs> There's an episode of <laughs>
1: Curvy Enthusiasm
0: where uh, Larry. This is the latte, Larry.
1: Oh, the, oh, he gets into it at Mocha Joe's. I was just about to bring that up. I nearly. Oh, was... there's the one he gets into it at Mocha yeah. Joe's, but there's an even better one, where
0: Larry decides that the signature dish of Latte Larry's is going to be a scone, huh. and so he brings uh, Richard Lewis scone. He goes, "Oh, scone! Oh, I wouldn't eat that shit." He's like, "What are you talking about? It's delicious." He's like. You get crumbs everywhere, it gets all over your all over your shirt. Who needs all that shit for a snack? And he's like It's <laughs> like so into a fight. He doesn't want to take Larry's scone. And they're fighting him a, a, another fight on top of the fight, right? right. And so Larry's like, uh, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Uh, but before you do that, try this little treat. <laughs> he leaves the scone there. Tell me, tell me what you think. Fuck you. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> he's walking to the door. And then <laughs> Lewis picks up the scone. And he goes, you fucking idiot. He the at the door. And then his last appearance occurred. So he, I don't know if you know this. Lewis has uh, Parkinson's. Oh, really? He's been battling Parkinson's. So that's why you haven't. That's why, like, like his uh, on the last season of Curb, he's like the only scene he does with Larry. He's sitting in a chair, right? Because it's is physically it's difficult for him. He's got his wits about him. He's he's posting updates on like uh on uh, Instagram and stuff like that. But he's going through a hard time, and uh so him and Larry they're doing their usual bickering while they're at an event. They're supposed to be paying attention, right? But they're just bickering back and forth about you know their friendship not being level or whatever. Then out of nowhere, Larry just looks at him and goes, "How come you haven't died?" (sighs) (laughs) I.
1: Oh my god! (laughs) Oh, it's good shit. (laughs) I don't watch enough, but just sometimes, like you can laugh on like the premise alone. Like it's like how you and I were like, you mean when he got into it at Mocha Joe's, like just that alone is enough to make somebody laugh.
0: Well, it's, it's knowing the characters, you know what I mean? Well, it's like, and I think in Larry's world, Lewis is the closest thing to there being another Larry David out there. You know, like you get your friends who you're friends with because there's a yin and a yang, you know what I mean? but you also get your friends who you're friends with because they're exactly like you. And that's where I think Richard Lewis comes in on that show and why their dynamic is so good.
1: One of the things I loved when they were doing the table read and uh, what's his face, the big funk had to tell Jerry that joke. And Larry gets so mad. It's like, all right, you told you fucking joke. Let's sit over there. The big funk.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, so uh, I guess I got the last one, right?
1: Wrap it up there, Jachi.
0: All right. Well, we are going to the, for my money, well, you know, it's hard to say the greatest jam band of all time, because that might be, that's probably Grateful Dead. But uh, you think of Grateful Dead, then you think number two, you think the Almond Brothers, probably for jam bands, right? Uh, Of all time, Grateful Dead, Almonds are probably number two.
1: Yeah, well, it depends, right? Because you get those people, those fish heads.
0: Mmm. Well, for my money, it's Grateful Dead, then it's almonds. Right. No disrespect to fish. Um, so they had a song called Soul Shine. Um, but yeah, there's their version's good. There's something though about the government mule cover of Soul Shine, sung by the insanely soulful Warren Haynes. He's got a guest vocalist on this too. I'm not sure who it is. But this cover has become Government Mule's signature song. Really? And it's just about having a positive outlook on life. It's got some killer guitar solos. And I thought it was, for years, a Government Mule song. Because Warren Haynes is also a member of the Allman Brothers. He joined up... um, he joined up after, uh, like, in the 90s. Like, him and Derek Trucks, who's another phenomenal uh, guitar player. Right. Um, they both uh, they both joined the Almonds. Um, and so uh, they do this version, and it is so good. And I saw this band play Soul Shine Live at some music festival I was uh, hosting oh, yeah. years ago. And I went up to the guitar player. They did a great job. I'm like, dude, thank you for playing some Government Mule. That was awesome. And the guy goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, your last song, Government Mule. And he goes, huh? <laughs> and I just you like, being a dick. So I walked away, and then years later, I found out it's actually a, uh, <laughs> it's actually a an Almond Brothers song. <laughs> you can find the
1: light that you through- Cloudy day. When the stars ain't shining bright, it feels like you've lost know your way. When the candlelights
0: of home burn so very far away, yeah, you got to let your soul shine, just like my. Day. So I was the one who wasn't educated, but uh, my God, it is hard to find something so soulful like, um, like, uh, well, like that tune, like uh, Soul Shine. So good. Hold on. I think I've got our singer, Little Milton. Little Milton Campbell. He was a blues singer. He passed away in 2005. His big hit was We're Gonna Make It, Baby. He does uh, co-lead vocals on this with Warren Haynes. And it is so good. You want to talk about just kicking your socks off kicking your Birkenstocks off, lying in the grass in your tie-dyed shirt. Oh my god, feel good with the sun hitting you. Give yourself a little bit of soul shine, man.
1: Yeah, because I was maybe
0: Better than moonshine. It's damn sure better than rain.
1: I um when I was like I was skimming this, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but like so when I was listening to it, it felt more kind of like you were saying before, like yacht rocky, like dad rock, just like easy listening, but then uh I, yeah. I must not have gotten into the solos but uh because when you say when when i saw this was government mule then it was a cover of uh who's your face almonds i was i expected some more like some like riffing like uh, what's the song that i love cross the bear i love that song um but uh no this was very easy listening low key but it was yeah you're right it was it was very very chill very sitting out back with a cigar and uh And a drink, just relax it, letting the clouds roll over.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it's positivity. And really, it's interesting in my world because the positive, the really positive stuff that's happened in my life always tends to happen in the fall. You know what I mean? I got married in the fall. Kid one was born in the fall. Kid two will be born in the fall. You know, I moved up here in the fall. I got a lot of jobs in the fall. It just works out that way. Right. You still there? Yeah. I disconnected and reconnected really rapidly. Okay? okay. But for still, still the summertime is just, I don't know if it's time to put everything on pause and be thankful for what you have. I just enjoy the nice weather because in Canada we get so little nice weather. But yeah. it is just a time to be thankful for the day as, as oh, as much of a Hallmark card as that sounds.
1: You know, that's something that really chaps my ass because uh, – <laughs> Really? Like, like April is hit or miss. May is beautiful 90% of the time. It can be a little cold and a little rainy at times, but May is generally pretty beautiful. Uh, June, July, August, you know, it is – it's like anywhere else in the summer. Uh, and then September is gorgeous. And then into October, it's you get that nice crisp crispness, but it's also beautiful. So, like, it really chaps my ass when people are like, oh, Canada, you get friggin' summer for two weeks in August. <laughs> Fuck yourselves. Um, but, yeah. Fair enough, fair um, enough. I
0: also might be saying this as someone who gets snow until mid-April.
1: Yeah, maybe so. it's because here in Hamilton. It's like- <laughs> <laughs> Where-
0: you guys also had a – when I came down in February, that was beautiful yeah. this February. There was no snow.
1: Um, but, no, it's – I mean, to your point, actually, I learned this in PR class. The, the reason why there's a lot of things ramp up in the fall is because, you know, a lot of people, you know, productivity goes down in the summer, a lot of people go on vacation, uh, you know, they've, they've, they would have already, if you're in sales and marketing, you would have really unfolded your big campaign for the start of the summer. And then like, you're really ramping up something for the fall leading into Christmas right and then like maybe you have like a back to school Mm. campaign but like generally not a lot of work gets done in the summer a lot of people go on autopilot and so the fall is where uh you know because the weather starts to change and you know football is back on and people are back to school and there's a lot more indoors so that's where a lot of productivity goes back up so it makes sense yeah Um,
0: and then what's it called if you look at it, <laughs> and I guess the uh, the beginning of the fall, you're right. Productivity goes up. It's time for change. And that's when you actually see things happen, I guess. Yeah. 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 Kind of like, uh, you know, we should do a fall mix.
1: Yeah.
0: In October or something like that. King Harvest by the band would be number one
1: <laughs> yeah. of on mine. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. Maybe I haven't had too many good things happen to me, so I can't remember what, what my big pro- month <laughs>
0: Come on. You got good things.
1: You met me. Yay. That's a good thing.
0: People who meet me go on to long, full lives. Get to know me.
1: Not me. I'm going to have a much shorter life because you drive me up the fucking wall.
0: I don't know why they call you Ma. Because you're always right on my edge.
1: <laughs> Also, we've been through this. I am, I am I know you call yourself Teddy Favors. I am the one who does everything for everybody. I am,
0: You do a lot for others, yes you do. A big
1: asset to people's lives. Yes, I'm a bit <laughs> of a strain and I test people's patience constantly, but I am your number one ally. You want open-
0: And then when you do those favors, at least to me, you don't let me forget <laughs> that you did me a favor. You're, for a very long time. Your whole
1: life in Thunder Bay is because of me. I made you. You are tracing the
0: cord back to the wall with this one. <laughs> now, just for, so everyone knows, Brian says he made me because he applied to, uh, after I finished working in DoP and then I was on. out of radio. Hold
1: on there, that. Maestro. Back it up a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, to quote the Quainster, rewind that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, Ted, 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 Ted lived in Manitoba for a few months and he called me. We had a, what was it, a Sunday chat after kind of football died down or whatever. Sunday afternoon,
0: uh, um, World
1: Series, that's what it was. Yeah, it was uh, Yankees and Phillies. And you were like, This place sucks. Or
0: it was it Yankees Rays? Uh, yeah, no, it would have been Yankees and Phillies. Yankees rays Phillies, uh, Phillies Rays was before I left. It was a uh, Yankees Phillies, yeah.
1: Um, that so would have been 09, not 10, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you called me and you were like, get me the fuck out of here. So I was, uh, I was applying for jobs for you and I got you a couple callbacks, but I never, uh, got the official offer, but, uh, yeah. cause you butchered the interviews I imagine, but, um, I never had, oh no, what I had have? one interview, but uh, it was like a phone interview.
0: I had one in wing Yeah. And I was glad I didn't get that one because have you ever been to Wingham? Yes. I drove through it once. That's right. And that's what most people say about Wingham. <laughs> I drove through it. That was that was their experience in Wingham.
1: But, um, so no new jobs came out of it, but you were like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm coming home. And I applied just one random Sunday morning. I couldn't sleep. So I got up early and I was looking at jobs for you. I wasn't even looking at jobs for myself. I still had your email. So I applied for a job and you're like, I was over at your house and you yelled at me because you're like, I got this call and I was all put off guard. I didn't know what the hell was happening. And you're like, did you apply? I'm like, Oh yeah. I forgot to tell you. He's like, yeah, tell me these things.
0: Yeah. It took me by surprise. I was like, I was in bed and my parents passed me a phone. I was like,
1: what? And then, um, yeah. cause that was a weird night because you were yelling at me for not giving you the heads up. Your brother was being a dink about the race. So I was like ready to punch him in the frigging nose so I was just like, I'm out of here!
0: Was he dick? No, no, it wasn't being a dick. He was just complaining about the Yankees. Because it was the Yankees. It wasn't even the Rays. The Yankees were playing the Phillies. Right. And then you just, you, you, you were, I think you were still mad at me. So you got really mad at him. And then
1: I was still mad at you. So I was like, Let's just go home. Yeah, I kicked you out of the house. And uh, so anyway, he ended up getting this job at a uh, station in Caldonia, just outside of our home in Hamilton. And then one thing led to another. He went up to Perry Sound, and then that led him up to Thunder Bay. So if you connect the dots, it was all me. <laughs> but you are a good friend, so you're welcome. I'll give you that. There you go. Yeah. All right, and that's what the summertime yeah. is all about—bringing back full circle, hanging with your buddies.
0: It is. It is. You know, I think about all the good times that we had back. When we were in our 20s, we just, like, go to the West End pub, and... ah, oh, it was so carefree, and... Do you remember back when uh, Brandon and Campbell had the Slanty Shanty? Yep. That oh, was... There were some good times at the Slanty Shanty.
1: <laughs> I'll tell our fine listener um, one summer story, the, the drinking contest between Brandon and I. Oh,
0: that was sad.
1: It was a, it was a hilarious summer story. <laughs> it was a very sad story, though. Well... There was only one element of that story that was sad. Is our friend Brandon wanted uh, me to uh, play possum because he was trying to impress a girl. Uh But uh, it all worked out. He married a different girl. Two beautiful. But then,
0: uh, no. Then he got way too drunk. Yeah. And um, you were deceptively drunk. (laughs) I can't tell. Do you remember? The, do you remember like when I think it was the Crunchwrap Supreme <laughs> was big at Taco Bell. Yes. They did those commercials. People made that hand motion that said, "It's good to go." It and it was like whole, this wave with the hand. Yeah, because the, the thing
1: about the Crunchwrap is it wasn't some messy taco, right? It was yeah. all self-contained, so you right. could take it on the go. So you were good to go.
0: You were good to go. Yeah. And so we wanted to go to Hess Village, which is the big like if you're in your early twenties, Hess Village is the place. It's the college place, yeah. right? So we wanted to go, and I hadn't drank in all that much. Tom was there. Campbell went off with somebody else that night because he came home, and Brandon was in his bed, and he was all pissed off. Um, what's it called? I remember Tom was there. Pat might have been there. I think Brianna was there. And uh, All
1: right. What's let's Cole, let's so, Cole's notes this year?
0: But no, Brandon, basically, he says he's good to go. You're doing the crunch wrap (laughs) Supreme. After you do that, Brandon fucking face plants on the front yard. Like passes out cold. Face into the dirt. Like a Chris Farley pratfall with no protection. Right? And Campbell was there at the time. He thought Brandon died. (laughs) That's how bad it was. Um, We got him up. He was alive, obviously. And we took him into his room. And then we left, and then you're like, "All right, do you still want to go to uh, what's it called Hassan? That's when you're like, "I'm good to go." And so we're like, "All right, let's, let's get some cabs or whatever." And then his upstairs people said, "Can you get Brandon out of my room?" And I was like, "Oh shit, he's not dead, right?" <laughs> I'm sad if he's actually dead. So it was. We decided not to go, and then you threw up, and yeah, what? Me and Tom were cleaning up after both of you. Well,
1: what you're leaving out of the story is that uh, when you guys were. When Brandon face plants outside, I'm sitting on the step outside. I fell asleep on that step. You guys just left me out there. Do we? not? Yeah, because I woke up. No one was there. I woke up like, where is everybody? And I ran across the street and heaved in a bush. Oh, Jesus. And uh, much like it is tonight in Hamilton, it's a very, like, humid, just, like, gross like no, you're wearing a hoodie. How is it that no, human? I'm sweating. You can't see how red my face is. Like why are you wearing a hoodie? The bugs and all this other stuff. And
0: yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing sweatpants and a long sleeve shirt.
1: Um, but yeah, so I heaved in this bush and I went. That's when I went inside and just crashed on the couch. But the next day, what's funny about the story is I was so hungover, and Jake and I were coaching in a championship <laughs> game. I was asleep on the bench. I was like uh, <laughs> Billy Haywood in Little Big League. Just like after the oh night nurses God. from Jersey fiasco. I'm just like, what happened? Like we just got like a double play. I'm like, good job, boys, and I'm just like sleep with the bench. Jesus. Uh,
0: Tom and I got really drunk too after the two of you we finally put the two of you to bed. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah, nice bonding experience. Yeah, it was good. All right. I think this wraps it up. I think it's a very good playlist, uh, especially if you combine that from the six tracks from last year. Yeah. And uh may your summers be merry and bright, and may all your August civic holidays be multicultural. What? I don't know. I
1: don't may your sunburns be red. That's a better way.
0: There you go. There you go. All right. Well, uh, we're, I think we're going to do a Canada Day sort of thing. Uh, we've got the Creep Show podcast coming up. And uh, we might do one on uh, sports movies, too, before. Uh, a little off-topic action there. Yeah. So uh, we've got some irons in the fire. Right. So you should hear us in regular order very soon. <laughs> so until next time, I'm uh, Tony Danza.
1: Of the A.B. Stanza. That's from The Simpsons. He's like, it's Tony Danza of the A.B. Stanza. I'm not Tony Danza. I'm dead. Danza. <laughs> Alright, we'll see you next time. LATES! Come on! One two one two. 2, Mind check, One two one two. Yeah!